Welcome along to the Candy Pants Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Nick and yep, I'm still a bit of a novice at this whole podcasting thing. On reflection, considering it took me 47, yep, 47 takes just to record the intro of our first episode, I probably shouldn't have invited someone who has their own podcast on the BBC as a guest so soon. But unfortunately for me, that's exactly what we did do. So this week, we speak to someone who started their journey with us as a regular at our Candy Pants brunch in Dubai, before entering the villa of one of the UK's most watched reality TV shows, all before having to deal with life after Love Island. You might have noticed, I still find this whole thing a little bit awkward. So as always, I kind of hope no one's listening. But if you are... This is the journey of Laura Anderson. Oh, by the way, the following podcast contains some rather embarrassing accent impressions from the outset that some listeners may just find offensive. You have been warned. Laura, how are you? I'm good. How are you? That was me doing your accent. (laughs) Oh my God. If this goes on, this is going to be a very long podcast. Both mine and your accents, like, how are you? What are you saying? If you, if, you, if you can do this podcast in Geordie, I'll do it in Scottish. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm so bad at accents, but I do, I do love the Geordie accent. Yeah, I'm really going to regret that intro when I have to listen back to this. But anyway, <laughs> right. So if we want to just, obviously, this podcast is about your journey. So if we yeah. go back to the beginning, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you were doing before and then how you ended up on Love Island? I mean, you know, I was just that regular girl in Dubai working for Emirates, just living the dream and, you know, says I was going to come out for a year and you end up just staying forever, don't you? Dubai is just such an amazing place and you just get engrossed in that lifestyle. And I think we're all just so lucky, but after eight years, it just came to a point where I was having no luck with men. (laughs) And, you know, I was like obsessed with Love Island. You know, I loved watching it every year. And I thought, I'm just going to apply. So I just, I decided I was going to make this video. I was going to apply. And to be honest, like it took me quite a while to make this amazing audition tape. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on my Instagram, but yeah. And I just got really into it and then literally sent it off Two days later, I had a phone call, can you come to London? And I was like, wow, like, I can't yeah. actually believe this is happening. And gosh, that was two, well, two years ago next week, because it was um, uh, two days before my birthday. Um, so yeah, I was off, thank goodness. I didn't have to call in sick for a flight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just jumped on a plane. I was on my annual leave, jumped on a plane, went and met all these execs. And it, it was quite late on as well in the show. So I applied like probably the last week before it closed. So usually they have people kind of set up months and months in advance, even from the previous year who didn't make it on, you know, the year before. So I was really, really lucky and everything just kind of, fell into place I think it was just kind of meant to be so we've all woken up after a night out and you've got that oh god where's my phone what messages have I sent what's on my story 
and it yeah. is a fear like a whole new level yeah. of fear what on earth i'm like what are you gonna say what have i done <laughs> is that moment <laughs> like when you've oh, come out of love island and you get your phone oh. back and you've been on national tv for weeks I mean, it wasn't even just that moment. I thought about it every day. I was so aware of not having my phone and, you know, you miss your friends and family so much and you're just engrossed in your own little bubble. I think people say Dubai is a bubble, but oh my goodness, Love Island, that villa is such a bubble and you've got absolutely no idea. I remember the World Cup was on, all the boys kept asking, you know, what's happening, what's happening? We had no idea. And yeah, the final night was just honestly one of the best nights. It was such a buzz, you know, because it's live TV. And then they gave me the, my phone and I remember they gave me my purse. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not used to having like my handbag or like paying yeah. for food or getting myself a taxi. It was just so weird. And I, it, it was a bit of a blur because I honestly, I don't really remember. I just remember my phone not really working. And it was all kind of blocked and people were using theirs and I was getting really annoyed. I was like, why is mine not working? Like, there were so many messages coming in. And do you know what? I didn't even look at, like, my Instagram. I didn't even look at my followers. I didn't I didn't check any of that. It wasn't on my mind. I just, I just wanted to phone, you know, like, my best friends. So I remember... Yeah. Um, because I still have my Dubai SIM on <laughs> <So laughs> my phone. And I, I remember saying to the producers, is there Wi-Fi? Is there Wi-Fi in the villa? My bill's going like, to be oh. through the roof. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was like, literally, I've been in this villa for two months and I'd never, obviously, been able to use the Wi-Fi. And they're like, yeah, the password's this. And I was like, oh my goodness, I imagine I'd known that the whole time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I just, I think I rang one of my friends or FaceTimed them. It was just such a blur. And that was probably the first night that we got to let loose and get drunk. So I just got absolutely trashed. Like, I, it was such a blur, honestly. Not like yeah. you? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, the scarier bit wasn't really getting my phone. It was more, you know, when the parents come in, mm-hmm. um, kind of like one or two weeks before the end, that was kind of, even though they're not really allowed to tell you anything, that was quite important to me because I just really wanted, you know, my dad um, and my sister, who still lives in Dubai, um, to kind of be proud of me and, and I could tell from their reaction they just seemed really happy so that was kind of already my little moment of okay I think I've done not too bad I'm not a I'm hate not figure <laughs> yeah like you know and, and you kind of like as the weeks go on you think okay I'm still in so maybe people don't hate me <laughs> so yeah and then what is it like when obviously it suddenly sets in that this life after Love Island and you've now got all these followers yeah. and you're kind of knowing what's that? What's that is, sinks in? Um, I don't think it it has yet, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like still, I just get a bit, like sometimes I forget, you know, like if I'm out and about and I'm like in the shop and then someone's like, oh my God, and comes up to you and then you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> people know who I am or even like walking the dog people know that my dog's called Buddy so people will be like oh look there's Buddy and I'm like how the heck does she know my, like you know my, the name of my dog but um yeah I think landing into I think it was Stansteads literally the day after the final and there was they didn't tell us anything so we just walked through the arrivals and there was all this press people screaming cameras thrown in my face I literally got trampled on I remember one of our security like just picked me up 
and rushed me through this crowd. All my friends had come down as well from Scotland, didn't even get to speak to them. I was gutted because they made us like, you know, for safety reasons, kind of get out of there. And all my friends were there were like banners and that, flowers. <laughs> I was like, hi, bye. But um, yeah, it was mad. It's exciting though. And it's nice to have each other as a support. You know, everyone that was in the final and all the couples, like you all really did help each other. And I don't think anything will ever break that kind of bond. And then you get it as well with each year, all the contestants that come off, you know, I've met them and spoken to them and just make sure they're okay because you understand what it's like. So it's kind of like as if you go, you know, when you go to uni and you have your group of friends or yeah. people that you work with and you just kind of get each other because you've had a similar experience. It's kind of like that. So it's quite, it's quite nice if you ever have a bit of a tough day in the industry and you just message someone from the show and they kind of get it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you said, obviously, like you, you've had a tough day or you said that, you know, you'll message people who've been on it since because you know what it's like. Well, yeah. what is it like or what is a tough day in the industry like? Because I think that a lot of people um, will look at it and think, hold on, you're posting a picture with, oh, do you know what I mean? I'm interested in what, <laughs> um, what is a bad day like? Because I'm sure there is then. Yeah, I mean, like with every job, it's just different types of stress. And I think there's like high expectations. There's a lot of scrutiny. And, you know, people use Instagram every day it's so easily accessible you pick up your phone you see things and you can't really get away from it because it's so addictive and for me now you know I'm kind of self-employed I'm my own brand and people scrutinize they don't just scrutinize maybe like if you're in an office and you 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 do a dodgy email and they, they scrutinize that I'm getting scrutinized for my looks my personality you know how I speak how I interact with people and it's it's like you so when people scrutinize you because you are your job it feels more personal and you do kind of feel attacked and that's where all this mental health stuff comes in and and I've never ever been that very not very good at my Instagram or been that bothered but now it is a full-time job and it's it's quite difficult to always get it right and there's always going to be someone telling you when you get it wrong do you know what I mean and and sometimes there's a lot of money riding on it there's a lot of kind of pressure maybe from a brand that you're working with or your agency and again the media like I could do one thing and then it might be in the daily mail and it might even not be true do you know what I mean and then I'm worried about my family what are they gonna think it's just just one small thing can just become this massive you know ordeal out of nothing because people just get obsessed and and they think that they know you but everyone's everyone's got different sides I mean you yourself you have so many different sides to you but because you're kind of known you know to do with candy pants people will just see that fun side of you but you've got a different side as well do you know what I mean and how do you deal with that kind of negative stuff that comes with it um I mean, when I get trolled, I usually troll them back just for the laugh. You know? <laughs> um, my mum always taught me to stick up for myself. So, yeah, I do sometimes try and give it back. But you're fighting a losing battle, to be honest. Some people, especially online, they become different people. It's just that you can't win. People have got their opinions and you just sometimes have to roll with it and just accept that not everyone's going to like you. Do you know what I mean? If you're opening yourself up to like a nation 
like a country or worldwide. I mean, I think Love Island's been shown on loads of different channels in like the US and Australia because I keep getting all these random messages from people. Right. Um, I'm such a big fan from the US. I'm like, oh, um, yeah. So you you've just it's just a stressful point of the job, and the quicker you kind of realise that and just get on with it, the better. But it's it's really important. I think I've got quite a lot of good friends from obviously before the show and they've been really kind of loyal to me well some actually have some haven't but it's really important to kind of have real friends and not just people that might want to suck up to you might want to use you it's like anything in life like I'm sure again you get it like people like oh Nick can you get me into this club (laughs) do you know what I mean like if you've got anything to offer people will take advantage um just usually happens with me and my bloody love life. <laughs> you mentioned your friends there. So what were your friend, like your yeah. original friends before you went on Love Island? Yeah. What was their reaction after? Do you know what? Very mixed. For example, one of my best friends, we had a couple of fallouts because I moved to London and she was here and I obviously was like, please come to this event with me. I don't, you know, I don't want to go myself. Just want to have a laugh and be with her. And then people will come up to me and I wouldn't be able to give her attention and she would feel left out. Or she would, I remember once she had an argument with this girl because she was grabbing me and she was like, leave my friend alone. And it's trying to, it, you know, I'm trying to adapt. It's new for me, but I always felt like I'm working. Whereas, you know, my friends just think it's a night out, but I can't say no to someone. Like I'm not yeah. bloody Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Like I've been in this industry for two minutes. So I, I just, made sure that I was constantly just given whatever you know what the fans or whatever you want to call them like wanted and just yeah you do kind of have to going on a night out is not the the same (laughs) (laughs) which is probably like annoying isn't it for your for your friends but they're getting the free drinks they're not complaining (laughs) (laughs) and what's the How's the press side of that? Because you've spoken very much about the Instagram thing, but how is the side yeah. of the press different? Mm, the thing is with the press, like it dies, it's died down. I can see how when I first moved to London, the like the paparazzi would be outside my flat. I think they followed me home from an event. So as soon as you get followed, then they all the paparazzi tell each other where you live. So if anything's going on in your life, they're there waiting to get a photo of you, like when you step outside your house. So that was quite difficult because I mean they were there all the time. So I would step out and feel, you know, I'm walking the dog. I don't want to have to put makeup on. But it was that kind of that's the first time I kind of got anxiety. I was like, imagine feeling watched. Do you know what I mean? And it's not like you're getting any money for this like they're just making money off of you like walking down the street looking a mess (laughs) but I've kind of it's settled down now and I've moved out of London a little bit and I don't think they know where I live now so it's a bit easier (laughs) did you struggle with that anxiety thing um I think it's a lot easier now because everyone talks about it I think before I would just say oh I don't you know I'm a bit nervous or but I think with saying anxiety or saying mental health, it does seem more normal and accepted, especially in the industry. And again, we all kind of help each other and everyone talks about it online. So now it's just, it, again, it kind of comes with a job and I understand it more. And 
I just feel like, obviously I was thinking about us talking about this today and I actually feel like such a different person from two years ago, you know, when we'd be going out nights out in Dubai. I feel like I've learned so much about, I guess, the industry and myself and just, you know, you just have to have your wits about you and not trust people and just not believe all the BS. What do you think, Which Steve? is good for anyone, isn't it? Oh, 100%. But in what do you think, industry, if you were to look back at that, the last two years, what do you think is the yeah. biggest thing you've learned? Um, biggest thing I've learned is, is just to enjoy the actual moment and not, like, compare yourself to everyone. Because this is the thing coming back to Instagram. Imagine you wanted a promotion and, like, you didn't get it. You might not find out too much about who got it or whatever. But for me, if I want to work with a brand or if I wanted to get some job, I can just open up my phone and see someone else in the industry working with that brand. And it's like constantly kind of makes you feel a little bit like, oh, I'm not good enough. So it's just not comparing. You know, everyone's got their own little journey. It's totally what's for you won't go by you. I totally believe in that. And you've just got to enjoy each minute and not worry about the next job and the next job. Because I used to, I think from the get-go, I always used to think, oh, am I doing enough? Am I, am I actually being successful? And I never, ever have felt like, oh my God, I'm doing so well. And then I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I did that. Oh my God. But at the time, I was a bit stressed and I wasn't really realizing oh my goodness I've just worked with you know Primark or I've just worked with like Virgin or McDonald's it's like that's a that's a big deal and I think I don't know maybe I'm just modest or too hard myself but I think just living in the moment because you don't know what's going to happen that's like a big thing so I just kind of take each day as it comes now and try and like enjoy the experiences do you know what I mean so like for people who don't know how does that whole, without going too far into the whole influencer model, how does that thing yeah. with brands work? I think that a lot of people will assume so-and-so sends you charcoal tooth whitening paste or whatever, and you post it. But it's not <laughs> as simple as that, is it? Oh, my goodness. No, and I would not do that because that's a really cheap brand <laughs> thing to do. It takes a lot of, of time and preparation. You know, you obviously get approached by different brands or maybe you seek out them you know it works both ways and um you might have a short contract or a long one and goodness like you get sent like in-depth briefs of what content they want you to create you know a lot of the time you don't get to write your own caption and I'd always try and say I really want to write my own caption if they send me something I'm like I would not say that that sounds really cheesy or you know because you have to entertain and respect your followers or they'll go away you know yeah. and they follow you because they like you so if you're saying things and acting in different ways and promoting strange things that don't really go with your brand soon people will start to unfollow you and then you're not going to have a job so you need to be really careful um, and you know a lot of times I might be at home and I, you know I've had to learn how to edit videos I've had to learn how to edit pictures take my own pictures get lights get tripods get bluetooth clickers to take my own stuff and then you work so hard and then you send it off or you send it to your agent and then the brand will come back and be like oh no we don't like it <laughs> 
or they'll be like, oh, it looks to this or to that. So it's a long kind of process. And then, you know, you're told what time and day that you need to post and you might be away. It's like always when I come to Dubai, the time difference. I'm always out drinking somewhere at 11 o'clock. And then it's like, oh, Laura, you've got that post to do. And I'm sitting in a bar somewhere concentrating, like trying to get the right tags. <laughs> and to other people, I always worry. I think, oh, they're like, oh, why is that girl on her phone? But I'm genuinely, you know, working. Um, yeah, it's quite funny. But you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> So, you just have to get used to it, don't you? And one thing I want to ask you is, I mean, you're not going to thank me for this, but oh, what? when you, obviously, you went on this and you were a little bit older than other people who were in there. Oh, right, And, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, like, don't get me wrong, you're not old, you're the same age as me, um, but you've got, the people who, there's other people who are in there who are a lot younger yeah. and you've explained that when you've come out, there's actually quite a lot to deal with. How much harder yeah. do you think it is for them where like, you know, you see people on there who are maybe like 19 or 20 and you know, yeah. I was a different person at that age. I just think... Oh my God, completely. And that's what I've always said. I've always felt like I was better off being older, dealing with it. And I can see from my season, obviously I knew them the most and we've had, you know, the two years now being out. I've seen such a change in all of their personalities um, obviously at the beginning it went to some of their heads and the people that have kind of lasted and done well it's made them really grow up you know because they're they're having quite professional meetings and they've got a, a big responsibility a lot of money riding on contracts you know going on tv is quite it's quite tricky you know some of them have done other tv shows since and you know I'm, I'm quite proud of the way that some of them have handled it I think you just need to get a good agent. I don't think there's been anyone from Love Island, really, that's kind of done anything that outrageous. It's more like you're Geordie Shore. <laughs> don't blame me. Don't blame yeah. me. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's, um, yeah, it's, it must yeah. be way more difficult not knowing you who you are. Even in there, I felt like some people were acting. Do you know what right. I mean? Because they don't yeah. know who they are. So they're still a bit like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? So yeah, really difficult for if you're young. Um, I think the age should really start at like 20. I think it's 18 at the minute, but that's so young. Do you know yeah. what I think? And I think it's one so thing that one thing that's nice, that I suppose, for you that's come out of it is, I suppose that you've kind of built this little bit of like an agony ant type persona and... <laughs> tell us about the podcast obviously i am now a fellow podcaster oh, yeah. yeah well podcasts are just massive now like everyone loves them i think they're massive in london people you know commuting on the tube obviously it's nice to listen to music but podcasts can be so educational inspirational and you, you know there's all these like positivity chats and people just like to be nosy and or some you know funny ones whatever so i started a podcast with them. Um, the BBC, like, um, pretty much straight after I came out of the villa, maybe like five months after. And it's with young people. So mainly kind of teenagers. I interview uh, three at a time. And they've all got a kind of similar story, depending on the topic of that podcast. So it's like first time experiences, you know, from first time they got drunk, had sex, or first time, you know, they dealt with 
death in the family. You know, it's very extreme. There's like really funny ones and then quite deep ones. So it's been like amazing for me having no, um, you know, experience kind of hosting, just sitting and chatting to these young people. And it's just, it makes me feel so good. Like I'm dead nosy anyway. I love a little chat. But sitting in front of them and then watching how they interact with each other and then help each other and become friends after and get excited to just be there and be involved. I think when you're young, you just want to feel like you belong, don't you? And if you've experienced something that your mates haven't, you feel like a bit of an outsider. So it's definitely a place for young people to come and speak. And I just can't believe how, I mean, they get a bit of a bad reputation these days, you know, teenagers. But my God, I was not that intelligent when I was young. Like they are really just blow my mind how intelligent they are. I mean, we did one about um, your first big achievement or something like that. And there was like a boy who was quite young. I mean, maybe 18. He'd like sailed across the Atlantic and this girl started a charity and this other girl did something else and raised all this money. And I was like, guys, I feel like I've not really done much. (laughs) Like it's really interesting. And it's actually nice as well, maybe for parents to listen in because of stuff about, you know, online trolling, which of a generation of their parents, they wouldn't understand it. You know, even bullying or stuff like that. It'd be nice to hear because if you think about it, when you're a certain age, we all have the same kind of feelings. We all go through the same stuff at school and it'd be nice for the parents to listen in and be like, oh, I bet you my kid feels like that. Or, oh, Laura said that to them. And, you know, I, I need to be careful. I don't patronize them. And luckily they all seemed like, you know, I was like asked for their feedback afterwards and they're like, oh, thanks so much. You know, you made me feel really comfortable. And um, yeah, they just, they're just there to chat and learn from each other really. So it feels like I'm doing a little, something a little bit substantial and credible instead of just my Instagram posts. <laughs> so what's, what's your feedback on this podcast so far? How am I doing? You're doing really good. I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, the idea is that it's about you, not me. No, I know, but you can talk about it. You know so, what? It's easier doing a podcast when you're with the person. Because you can see them face to face. Yeah, and like even like, because what I'm used to is a group as well. So I like how they interact. And I say that to them as well. I'm like, just so you know, you can jump in, um, you know, and ask each other questions. And it's just nice to watch other people. I don't know. I just, I feel, I get quite proud of them because they've never met. And I can tell they're nervous. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. actually, some of the stories are very, very personal. It's a big thing um, to go on and talk about on big, the BBC. A thing. And I, yeah, it is. And, you know, a lot of them do it because, like, they like me as well. There's, like, a lot of young girls that want to do it, um, which, obviously, I would hate for anyone to feel... It just makes me feel dead uncomfortable when people get nervous around. I'm just like, are you joking? Like, it's just me. So I just always try and, like, have a bit of a laugh with them before... And just everyone needs to just chill because then, you know, their personality comes out then. But no, you're amazing. <laughs> no one's been starstruck with me yet, so I wouldn't worry. I haven't got no, that problem. I, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, my God. You right. Come on, then. What else have you been up to? What else have you done since Love Island? I mean, just as I say, working with different brands. And I've got my nail range that I did with an Irish brand, which is cool. And then... Because you know how I used to be a hairdresser? Yeah. 
Did you know that? I yeah, didn't so know that, but go have, on. <laughs> yeah, like I've always wanted to have my own hair extension brand. So that's okay. something that's taken quite a lot of time because I've kind of done it like myself. Because um, I think you need to get into like building your own kind of business, don't you? You know, it's yeah, not well, just about advertising other brands. You want to create your own brands. Because you know yourself, um, you've got kind of, maybe it's the wrong word, but like a shelf life, haven't you, on that you, you get a window of an opportunity yeah it depends what you like want to do i think um if you're doing more reality tv then great you're going to keep getting more followers and you know when you're hot that's when people want you but if that dies down and because love island is you know once or well twice a year now and so many people come off the show big uh, personalities um you've got that competition is rife, you know. It's, it's What's that like? Lot. So when suddenly <laughs> new ones come out and you're like, ooh, she's a bit like me. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a bit of hate from, like, I could tell from certain people that, you know, when I came off, but I made sure that I didn't do that to anyone. And right, yeah. they're younger than me and I'm not, like, mean, you know, I just wanted to be, I want to be their friend, you know. Like, yeah. I want to, you know, you're going to meet them all the time at different events, so I would rather just support them you know i'm not going to get any more jobs by being horrible to someone um but yeah i think now can i move forward i'm actually going to move back up to scotland right um 10 years on how crazy because i was in dubai for so long yeah i think there's a bit of a niche up there for me i'm gonna um hopefully do some radio presenting and i'm doing like a little course in tv presenting i really want to get into kids tv yeah <laughs> yeah like so is that the dream now is that kind of yeah i feel like you know what i had so much fun on love island and it just made me realize i like tv you know and all these reality shows that come up like you know the jungle or strictly all that it's not something to aspire just to do it's something that comes as an extra on the side in time do you know what i mean i think i need to actually or I want to have a career that's not just an influencer on Instagram. I mean, I'm not saying it's my age, but I don't enjoy it that much. I find it like a little bit mind numbing. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't feel real enough for me. I want to do something where it's more like every day I've got a bit of a routine. I'm actually interacting with people, not just on my phone. Do you know would, what you I mean? go, would you go on reality TV again? Oh yeah, 100% I would, but it's like I almost want to concentrate on like, I say, you know, a career in like TV presenting and radio presenting. And I think that's kind of what I want to do in Scotland. And, you know, obviously I wouldn't turn down a show, but that show doesn't last forever. It just lasts a few weeks, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, What's your dream show? What do you want to go on? Oh my gosh. Right. So basically when I was young, I used to do like Latin and ballroom dancing. Right. And... I have been obsessed with Strictly since I was maybe like 10. For me, that is like the ultimate, ultimate show. Like, and I know that I would win. (laughs) (laughs) I want to pick up that glitter disco ball in the middle of Blackpool Tower and be like, Dad, I've made it. So yeah, that's my dream. But, you know, it's probably not going to happen this year. But in the future, you never know. <laughs> so this kind of brings us on right to our like last question. And we're trying to ask everyone this because I've been told that from people who know about podcasts, that it's good to have like a theme, like a theme that runs throughout. So okay, if you could like phone call 
your past self, if that makes sense. You could yeah. ring Laura, who's just come out of the villa, and you could give oh. her a phone call. What would you say to her? I would just say, you know, have all the confidence in the world and just enjoy every minute. And this is all about you. No one else. You don't need a man. <laughs> and just work hard. Honestly, like, I feel like I've, I've learned the right thing at the right time. And I think everything's happened for a reason. But it's just enjoying the moment and having that confidence and not doubting yourself because you get people sucking up your arse but you also get people putting you down if they get you know a bit jealous or a bit um whatever so yeah just enjoy every minute really so if you're wondering why the episode stops just there i'll just be honest we're recording these episodes via skype and laura's postman arrived her dog then went mental and my novice editing skills just cannot edit out that kind of thing. I've thought about this and something tells me Piers Morgan doesn't have these kind of problems. But that being said, something also tells me Piers Morgan probably doesn't record episodes from his bedroom either. We'll be back with some more of the podcast next week. But in the meantime, don't forget, Candy Pants Radio is now live. You can find all of the shows by just searching Candy Pants in the Apple Podcasts search bar. All of the episodes will be there. And while you're there, please, please, please click subscribe to both of our podcasts. It will be a big help and it will make me very happy too. This has been the Candy Pants Lifestyle Podcast and we'll see you very soon.